0: You know, a lot of people have expressed to me over the last six months that they can't wait to get back to church like it was before COVID. I've even had people ask me, when do you think that's going to be? My answer, it won't. And I know for some that's a difficult thing to hear, but I want to encourage us that it's actually a good thing. This is where God is leading us together as a church. Don't get me wrong, I love gathering as a church. There's things I miss so much about what church life was like before COVID. But I also know that in this cultural moment in everything that's going on in the world, God is working for the good of his people, those who love him. And I know that as the world changes, we are being called to change, not necessarily with it, but in a new way that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in so that we as a church can continue to do what we are called to do, which is to lead people to love and follow Jesus and to help our our fellow Christians, our fellow believers to do the same. And so I believe that we are in a place now where God is calling us to enter into more change, to be continually transformed like he always invites us to. In fact, if you look at scripture, you will see time and time again God always pushes his people from a place of comfort to a place of discomfort, but for the purpose of growing to be more like him and to spend more time with him in deeper and deeper in relationship. And so that leaves us with a whole lot of questions. How are we going to live up to the call that God has given us? What is it going to look like for us as a church? How are we going to change to meet up with this cultural moment in a way that fulfills what God wants from us? how do we even go about figuring some of that out? I mean, there's just so much uncertainty and ambiguity in the world today, and it leaves us with, you know, other organizations trying different things. I know other churches all over the city, the country, around the world who are trying different things, and people are going in different directions, and that kind of leads us here at the church going, okay, where are we called to go? And so over the last six months, our staff and board have been working on this, and In particular, we've spent the last month or so really heavily focused on this with a new sense of purpose. About three weeks ago, our staff and board had a little mini-retreat here at the church. And we were gathered in this very room for the purpose of seeking what the Holy Spirit wanted to teach us about what the church should do and what we should be, how we should move forward. And as we spent time wrestling through that, the Holy Spirit led one of our staff members to have a word from Scripture. And that word comes to us from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Let me read it to you. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, I think for a lot of people right now, life seems like a wilderness. I mean, it just feels like there's so much uncertainty, there's so many different ways that we could go. It's, it's like we're in the mountains hiking, and we don't have a compass, we don't have a map or a GPS, and there's no distinguishable landmarks, and so we're just kind of looking around, wondering where we're supposed to go. I think as we think about our country and the world, you know, economically, politically, socially, spiritually, we look and we say, man, this place is a wasteland. And this is very much the things that Isaiah 43 talks about. Now if you were to look at those two verses though in the context of the whole chapter and where this fits in the book of Isaiah, you would find that this these words are spoken directly from God to his people. And so Isaiah takes the message from God to the nation of Israel and he tells them and shows them that God is saying, "I am being merciful to you even In your unfaithfulness. Now, what's really interesting is that right before we had this word come to us in our staff and board retreat, we had spent a few moments in a time of repentance. As I said, we were working through wrestling. What should the church do? What should we become more like? And as we went through that exercise, it became uh, abundantly clear to me and to others that there were things that we were doing, things that we were participating in that weren't accomplishing what we felt uh, we were called to do and be. And you know what, as I sat there and thought about my part in this, I realized that there were things that I, you know, whether it was agendas in sort of terms of how we do programming and philosophies that I was valuing over what I think God was calling us to. And so at that moment, I felt the the need, the, the moment was right, that I needed to repent before God and before our team of places where I'd put value of things above God's value. And so I spent some time praying and repenting of that and It wasn't just me, then others joined in as well, and we spent time calling out to God, asking him for his forgiveness. And one of the things we ended up doing in that time is really just laying aside everything we want for the church, everything we think should be right, and instead inviting God in to heal where we've gone away from what he might want, and as well to invite him to speak to us with no agenda of our own on the table. And so I thought this was a wonderful time that after we spent time repenting and opening ourselves up to to seeing what God wanted for us, that he gave us those words. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And it's with that that we began to listen to God's call. God, what are you calling us to do? And we felt that God was calling us to step out in faith. To join, in him, join with him in moving where he is already moving. To love him and love others in new and innovative ways. And so we really have this burden that has been placed on our heart to, to see something new happen within our church. There's places in our church that we are going to need to see change. And renewal. There's places where God is already moving in our church and maybe we haven't prioritized those things and we need to give more emphasis to those areas in order to jump in on what God is doing. There's people in our community that have been neglected as we've looked inward at ourselves and now we need to reorient our view to look outside of ourselves. We need to become more externally focused and as we do this we trust that God will be leading us where he is moving and we know that because of that we cannot fail. We will see good things. Now I know as soon as we talk about change and and you know things needing to be altered or things needing to be put aside people can become upset because people have invested countless hours into different ministries, programs, experiences and it's not to say that those things are bad but it's to say that there is something new that God's calling us to and I trust that if we follow him that if you follow him even in a sense of uncertainty or or frustration or confusion that God will fulfill exactly what he has promised to you and to us together as a church and I think as we think about this we should already be encouraged because we can see how God has been at work already if you think back over the last few years you will probably remember that God has been preparing us along the way through bringing sort of significant pieces to the puzzle Back in 2017, we set forth a new mission statement. We wrestled through what our mission, our vision, our values were together as a church. And we came up with a statement that comes as a rewording of Matthew 28, which says that we exist to lead people to be passionate followers of Jesus. And then we thought to ourselves after that, we felt prompted by the Holy Spirit that, you know what, we need to figure out how we're actually going to do that. Because it's one thing to say it, but it's a whole other thing to lead it. So in 2018, we began to work on a discipleship plan. And so there were a group of us here at the church who, who dove in and we wrestled through what Scripture says, what best practices there are. We spent countless hours in prayer praying about how God would like to see us disciple people, to help people be passionate followers of Jesus. And so after the course of a year in the fall of 2019, we came forward with this significant discipleship plan, one that we still use today. And then after that discipleship plan came, there was a stirring in the hearts of some of our leadership that now was the time to start preparing for uh, digital ministry. How are we going to enter into being able to do more ministry online? And and through God's prompting in the heart of some of our leadership and some of our givers, there was a stirring so that when COVID hit, we were actually prepared with the finances and some of the, the information and resources to begin working towards quite quickly having this online platform and other online platforms to be able to continue to do ministry. And so that's where we are now today. We've we've seen that God's placed all these building blocks along the way. And so what we're next, uh, what we're wondering next is where do we go? What are we going to step out into? What is this next thing? Now, normally in a fall sermon series, what would happen is at the end of the series, I would say, all right, and here's our new plan. I mean, we love to sort of orient things around the church calendar, which starts in September. And we often spend time, you know, a year working towards something. And this year has been anything but what we had expected. And so, you know, today I'm not going to tell you that we have a new plan. Now, that's not to say we don't have things we're working on. We are working diligently. I mean, there's not just staff and elders, but there's also tons of ministry team members and leaders who are who are pouring countless hours into thinking of how can we do ministry in the, in this new moment in this new world that we are living in and so we're leaning into that we're working on it we're we're exploring new mediums to to tackle online engagement we're figuring out how we can better be equipped to love our neighbors not at, just as an organization but the individuals who who work as that organization together and so we're following all of these things leaning into what God is calling. But you'll notice that we sense also that God is calling us to step out in faith. And so there's not necessarily this long path that we have planned out. Now that might make you think, well, I guess that's gonna be the end of our message. But I think, you know, I, I, you know it, it, it's a temptation. We don't have a plan, but we're gonna figure out, we're gonna step out into faith. But I think that would be doing a disservice to you and it is a service to God. As we've been wrestling with this, and uh, our board chair Todd and I were talking about this a little bit more recently, we started talking about how perhaps the first call for us as a church is to gain a sense of trust in God, even in the midst of uncertain circumstances. There's authors who call this holy uncertainty. That we want to step into a place where God is the primary focus and we have an understanding that all the certainty that, un- that surrounds us is not actually uncertain, but it is certain because God is at the center. We just haven't experienced and seen what he is doing yet. And I think that's what the Israelites would have done when they heard the message from Isaiah. They would have stepped into an understanding of the certainty of who God is. And so that's what I want us to do today. Again, while God says that he doesn't want them to focus on the past, that wasn't a way of him saying, you know what, forget everything that's ever happened. He's not saying, forget everything I've ever done for you. But instead, what he does is he says, look past your sin and your unfaithfulness and see what I am doing in the past and next. And so you see, as the nation of Israel would have heard that, I believe they would have been reminded of their history. One of the most profound times in history for the nation of Israel was when they exited out of Egypt If you looked back to Exodus chapter 13 and 14, you'd see that when God called his people out of Egypt, instead of taking them to the promised land, he takes them out into the desert. Now this this is a weird thing for him to do because it's not the fastest way to get there. And we know that God, out of his infinite love and kindness, which is why he was rescuing his people out of Egypt, he, he wasn't intending to punish them, but instead he was intending to teach them. He was teaching them about a reliance on him, and he was teaching them about his character. All while they were out for the 40 years in the wilderness did God provide for the Israelites. He left his presence with them. He gave his teaching and his guidance for how they were to live. He provided manna, food to eat. He provided water to drink. He gave them everything they need. But what happened when the Israelites first stepped out of Egypt? Well, they second-guessed it all. They weren't sure. At one point, after they had left Egypt, they were traveling, and they looked back, and they saw that Pharaoh and his army were marching towards them, and they turned on Moses, and they turned on God. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 to 14, we read this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and, they, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. As soon as the Israelites got out into the unfamiliar, they started to get panicky. They started to question. I mean, they had just seen God perform tons of miracles in Egypt, but they had totally thrown that away because there was this uncertainty and insecurity. There was this ambiguity of of what it was going to look like to go out forward. And so they said, you know what? We would rather be slaves back in Egypt, Moses. We'd rather go back there than die out here. Don't take us out here. What are you doing? And they questioned moses and god you know we look back on the rest of that story and we know that god provides for them he tells them don't worry i am with you and so an angel of the lord goes and he protects them and then eventually they cross across the sea and as pharaoh and his army head out to to chase after the israelites god closes the seas on them and so pharaoh and his army die as Moses promised, the Lord fought for them and they never saw the Egyptians again. So we know that God gave a promise. We know that, that, that he would perform miracles. And so we laugh at the Israelites, don't we? It's easy for us to look back at them and be like, come on, guys. Like God had you. He, he knew what he was doing. Look at, look at everything. Why didn't you trust him in uncertainty? What are you doing? Well, it's easy for us to do that. It would have been easy for the first hearers of the words from Isaiah to, to, to say the same thing. We, we all know the story, and so we laugh at the uncertainty and the, the lack of trust in God in the uncertainty that the Israelites had as they came out of Egypt. But I want you to think about the uncertainty we face today. The uncertainty we face as individuals in the world that we live in, the uncertainty we face as you hear the message that we feel that the church needs to see some change in order to live up to what God is calling us to. Do you have a sense of fear? Do you have a sense of panic? Do you trust God? Do you trust those that God has placed to lead our congregation? It's a difficult thing to do, and I, I know that it certainly is, is something that is hard, but I want for us to remember the things that have shown God's promise. I know that Moses, he I mean, we see it later on in the book of Exodus. He's like, come on guys, look at what God has done for you. Why do you keep questioning? And and so for me today, that's what I want to leave us with. That's how we're going to end our message today. In the last few minutes here, I want to leave for you the same thing Moses led left for those Israelites as is this reminder of God's provision, so that yes, even though we face uncertainty, even though we know there, there's a long-off picture that we will continue to see people come to know Jesus and to follow him, that we will continue to see the church grow in, in the de- depth of our spirituality, but in well, as well in the number of peoples who are part of us, there, there's still that uncertainty. And so let me encourage you with what God has already provided us. God's already provided us four things He's provided himself, our mission, the plan, and the people. God has already provided us with himself. There is nothing that should give us greater certainty in the midst of uncertainty than the fact that Jesus already has saved us. Jesus already came and he lived and he died on a cross and he rose again so that we could have life, so that we could be be freed up from the greatest uncertainty, which is life after death. We could be welcomed into a relationship with him because we get the forgiveness of our sins through our faith because of what Jesus has accomplished. We get relationship with God through the presence of his Holy Spirit. One day through the second coming of Christ and then the full entrance of the kingdom of of god here on earth as it is in heaven god has already shown us the big picture he's already shown us that the ultimate victory is won and so while there is a bit of uncertainty today we can have certainty that everything will work out because of jesus the second thing that god has given us already is our mission We see it in God's word. Jesus tells his people, I want you to go out to all the nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. But right before he said that, what did he say? He said, I have all the authority of heaven and earth with me. And then when he finished, he said, I am with you always. And so when we re-articulate our mission statement, that, that great commission as our mission statement, we say we exist to lead people to be passionate followers of Jesus. What we know is that God is with us, and that He has provided us with this mission, this objective. And so, if we lean into that mission and objective, we will succeed because He is with us. And so, while we don't know exactly everything that we need to do next, we do know the very next thing we need to do is to go out to all the nations through our community, through all the countries of the world to bring the message of Jesus and to baptize people in His name in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey his commands as well. So we have that mission. But he also provided us a plan. One of the tough things that I find overwhelming as a pastor is when you hear this, that, God, that Jesus says, I want you to teach them everything that I have ever commanded you. You go, well, how am I going to go about doing that? And I'm so thankful that we had an opportunity to wrestle together as a church through to come up with a discipleship plan. That discipleship plan encapsulates everything that we believe we need to do to to live out the life and teachings of Jesus. And so we have a plan that has been provided to us through God, through the wisdom of of people within our congregation, through wisdom from from people who we brought in to, to, to teach us and to help us work through these things. And so we not only have God with us, we not only have the mission he sent us on, but we have the plan for where we are going. But the great thing is that we don't do it alone because God has already provided the people. We together as a church collective, as a whole bunch of individuals who were brought to be a part of the Emmanuel Church family, are part of the provision of God. Every single person who calls Emanuel Church their home church was brought here for a purpose. And that purpose was to be a part of what God is building. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22 we read this. We together are being built up to be the place where God spends his time, where he is glorified. And so it is us together that is able to accomplish this mission and this plan as we celebrate what God has already done by providing himself for us. You know, one of the things that, that worries me as we move into an online, uh, more online ministry, as it's easier for us to, to worship apart, as we have some real legitimate concerns that some people are immune and compromised and, and can't come to our gatherings, is that we forget, the thing I worry about is that we forget the necessity of those others with us. We can't lose sight of that. we got to remember that God has brought us to, to support and encourage and build up on one another. God has gifted each one of you uniquely, not for your own purpose, but for the purpose of building up his church. So even if you can't come gather on a Sunday morning for worship with us, I would encourage you to find ways to stay connected with the church, to serve one another, to to keep encouraging each other as we are built up to become the dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. God has provided himself. He's provided the mission, the plan, and the people. So what's next? Well, the what's next hasn't changed. Things are going to continue to go on. We're going to continue moving on. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to worship and celebrate together. We're going to continue to celebrate who God is, what he's done. We're going to gather to, to study his word, to serve one another, to serve our community, to, to live this all out. We're going to continue to gather in small groups and in larger groups. The large group right now is 50, but we're going to embrace that. And our small groups are maybe just a a couple families in a home worshiping together, doing church and life together. But we're going to continue to do that. The second thing we're going to continue to do is to pray. And I would encourage you, I'd invite you, and I'd ask you, please, to, to, to be praying that we would see where God is moving? It's a, we In Isaiah there, it says, do you perceive what's springing up? Do you see what I'm already doing? That would we pray that we would see what God is doing in our community? And would we see what he's doing in our church family? Would we then step out in faith in ways to support those things, to build them up? So, so that a little bit of a spring would eventually become a geyser. Would we step out so that that little tiny stream in the wasteland would broaden to bring more refreshment and life to our church family and our community? Pray for wisdom for our leadership. Pray for me, for our whole staff, for our elders, for our ministry team leaders. Pray for all of these individuals who are making decisions as we try to follow after God. Pray for wisdom. Pray for really good discernment. Pray that we would have our hearts guarded so we would be fully focused. On Jesus the third thing we got to do is we got to continue to love our neighbors we can't lose sight of that it's really easy when we we have uncertainty around us to become really internally focused to to worry about what's happening inside of the church and we do need to worry about what's happening inside the church but we also have to worry about the hundreds and thousands of people in our community who don't need or who don't know Jesus, or don't know they need him yet. We need to bring the good news of Jesus as we go and meet people's physical and tangible needs, as we meet their relational needs. We also help meet their spiritual needs by, by bringing the hope of Jesus into their lives. This has to be one of the big things we focus on as a church if we're going to continue to live out the mission that God has called us to. Please continue to celebrate, to worship, to pray, and to love our neighbors. And as well, would every single one of us commit to growth? The thing that I have found in my own life is when there's uncertainty, one of the temptations is to just focus in on myself and trust myself to do everything. It's easy for some reason to to shut out God in the midst of uncertainty, but that's actually exactly what we need because we know our own uncertainty. We know our own failures, but when we commit to growth, when we commit to spending more time in our relationship with God, what we end up finding out is that he shows us, he reveals to us what he has already done in our lives and where he is leading us. And so commit to spending time in prayer, to to studying God's Word, commit to the other spiritual disciplines that we've done teaching on here as a church. You can go back and look at our Grow Deeper series for for more of that if you're looking at it online, and, and commit to those practices so that you can grow not just in your walk with God, but in your security, in your stability, in your holy uncertainty, so that you would face all the uncertainty of the world, all the uncertainty of church with a holy faith, with a trust and reliance on jesus knowing that he has accomplished so much in your life that his holy spirit is living within you leading you and guiding you and together would that help us to lead out our great mission to lead people to be passionate followers of jesus and to bring god all the glory as we do that let's pray father we thank you for this time that we have together and lord for Some of us, uh, we're watching this on our own, but we are connected by uh, being able to watch this online wherever we are. And God, we we, we pray for those who are going to be listening to it on this message on Sunday morning together here Uh, in this room. And God, I pray that that will be a great time of celebrating, of wrestling through this together. But God, no matter where we are, Lord God, I pray that every single person would have a certainty that would be there in the midst of uncertain times. God, as we look as a church to take steps of faith, to, to try new things, to change in different areas, not knowing exactly what that full picture looks like, Lord God, would we re- be reminded and would we know how you have delivered before and how you will continue to deliver. God, would you give us eyes to see where you are moving. Holy Spirit, would you allow us uh, soft hearts and minds to be perceptive to, to where you are doing a, a work in someone's life or in our community or, or just here within the church. And God, would you help us to have the boldness and courage to step out in faith, to commit to supporting that, to being a part of that. And Lord God, will we see your kingdom come because of it. And so God, I just pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done here in Abbotsford as in heaven. And we trust that you will provide that because we pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.